I'm going to talk again tonight on Dream Big. Last week, what well, we were looking at a message called Jesus, Your Door of Hope. And um, thank God Jesus is our hope. And without Jesus, you don't have any hope. And um, that's what we were, we, we were looking at last week. I'm not going to go and get back into that um, again tonight. But you know what? Without Jesus, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have hope. He's the one who truly brings hope. I know that we can have hope in everyday life, um, you know, in our, our, us dreaming and us imagining. But you, there's no hope like having Jesus in your life. And I tell you, there's no hope in eternity without having Jesus. So um, it's all about Jesus at the end of the day. So last week we... We started off looking and just seeing right from the start that Jesus is our door of hope. And even in trouble, no matter what circumstance we are in, Jesus is our door of hope. And there's not a, there's not a hole that you can get into big enough that, uh, that will keep you from hope. And Jesus is always reaching out and he is our way of hope. Amen. And you know what? The Bible lets us know that there's no temptation taken man, but such as is common with man. And it says, but God will also make a way of escape. And there's always a way of escape. No matter what we face, there's a way out. Amen. So praise God. That's great news. And it's good no matter what we face to know that Jesus is our hope. Amen. But tonight what I'm going to start looking at, I'm going to actually start looking at hope tonight. And really the message tonight really that I'm going to look at um, is uh, I've called just the hope's principles or the principles of hope. And it's, it's important just to know how hope works. Um, we, we, looked, uh, we looked for several months there at faith and how faith works. But you know, there's a lot of people don't know how hope works. And actual fact, I can remember um, when I got saved. Because the faith movement was big whenever I got saved. I can remember people even back then saying things like, you know, hope is a dirty four-letter word. That was phrases. There was people that got t-shirts made with hope is a, is a, is a, is a dirty four-letter word. Because people didn't understand hope. And, you know, when people came out with statements like, you know what, I'm hoping and I'm praying. And they understood, whenever you said, I'm hoping and I'm praying, maybe people weren't really believing, okay? Because when people would say, I'm hoping, are you praying? Are you believing? No, I'm hoping. And um, it was just because people didn't understand hope. But tonight I'm going to look at hope, and I'll look at Bible hope, and look at that type of hope that people didn't like. But hope is good. Hope is really, really important. And, and without hope, I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, we have nothing to aim for. Hope gives us something to aim for. Um, actually, I was listening to a, 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 young, a young man um, just sharing. He was, he, it wasn't a, on a Christian platform, but I was listening to this young man um, sharing um, on the power of imagination. And that's what I'm going to get into in the next couple of weeks. Um, looking at imagination and stuff like that. But he, he, what he was sharing was he grew up in New York. And his dad was very strict. And his dad wouldn't let him leave the house. Wouldn't let the family leave the house. They, were, they stayed at home all the time. They actually were homeschooled. And never were allowed to cross the door. It was probably, probably an extreme. Lived in a bad area maybe. And you know what? Didn't want them to be going out. So kept them in. And it really was abuse. And he just said how it was just mental abuse basically. Um, his, his dad had them basically as slaves in the house. But he learned something whenever he is in the house. He learned that he could use his imagination. And he said that that's what kept him. And that's what allowed him to become free. And what happened was he said he was allowed to watch films. And so he would watch films. And then he said this started to spark off his imagination. And what he would do was he started to imagine in the house 
things. He started to act out films. And he got his brothers and sisters and started to act out these films. And started to dream. And started to make costumes. And started to use cereal boxes and stuff around the house to make different things. Make cities. And he started to act out films. That's what they started to do. He started to use his imagination. And I tell you, imagination is powerful. And you know what? What happened with this young man was one, one time he just decided he was going out. And he said it was on a Halloween night, I think it was. And he dressed up and he just, he just went for it and just left. And he ended up being, basically ended up being arrested and different things because he was going into shops with his mask and stuff on. But it ended, it ended up through the process of it. Um, as the story went on, he ends up leaving home. And that's it. He's, he's had enough and he leaves home. But you know what? When he walked out and said, that's it, I'm not going to live as a slave anymore. When he got older, he says, that's it, I'm not going to live as a slave anymore. Do you know what that fella ended up, ended up doing? He ended up going on and being a film director. And that's what he's doing now, being a film director. Do you know why? Because he started to dream it. And he started to imagine it. And even though he was in a house where he had limits put upon him, they couldn't limit his mind. Yeah? Couldn't limit his mind. And what he could do, his mind was free to dream. And I tell you, I'm going to look at that over the next couple of weeks. But your, your mind is your creative ability that God has given you to allow you to dream. And it doesn't matter what circumstance you're in. That circumstance cannot control your mind unless you allow it. And even in that circumstance, you can start to dream and see yourself out of it. That's why people who are prisoners of war and different things. Do you know one of the things that keeps people who are prisoners of war? Do you know what keeps them going forward? They start to dream of getting out. They start to dream of someday I'm going to kiss my wife again. Someday I'm going to be with my kids again. And they set their mind away down the street. And they start to picture that they're going to get out. And that's one of the things that keeps people seeing. Uh, people that get captured and stuff like that. They start to dream. And you see, your mind doesn't have to be dictated by your circumstances. These people like who are in difficult situations or whatever, um, they, they can dream in their mind. They can go in to a place where they can see beyond when they can start seeing beyond where they are and do you know what do you know what allows you to do that is your mind you have a create a create a creative part of your makeup which is called your mind and I'll get into these things as I go along but let me say, let me just make this statement as I start out you can't go somewhere in your body that you haven't first of all went in your mind you have to go there first yeah. You can't go somewhere where you haven't went first in your mind. You have to imagine it. You have to see it. And God has given us creative ability. So no matter what circumstance we're in, no matter what situation we're in, we can start to dream beyond our circumstances. And sometimes people say, oh, that's Eastern religion and stuff like that. No, They're, people in, in other faiths and people in other beliefs and people in things like self-help and just people who use the power of their mind and stuff like that, they're taking biblical principles and doing them apart from God. But I'm telling you, God made us and God designed us and he knows how we function and he knows how you work as a human being. And you know, the best thing you can do is not go and dream by yourself and say, you know, I, I, I'm this and I'm not in myself, like self-help. The best thing is go and dream with God and allow God to mold and shape your imagination. Because what God wants you to do is be able to see it first before you ever see it. What that simply means is you have to see on the inside before you see on the outside. And that's really what we're going to talk about with hope and imagination and, and stuff along, along those lines. You have to have a hope. 
You have to have a dream. Do you know Martin um, Luther, it was Martin Luther King said that, I, I, I have a dream. And you have to have a dream. You have to have the ability to dream beyond where you're at. And do you know who gave us that ability? God. You just think of, like, I'm using those illustrations like prison and stuff like that. Difficult situations. And people say, is that biblical? Yes. Look at Joseph. Look at Joseph. What kept Joseph going? What kept Joseph sane? What kept him um, focused on God? He had two dreams that were given to him. And those dreams kept him while he was in the pit. Those dreams kept him while he was misused by Potiphar's wife. And those um, dreams kept him while he was in the prison. It kept him focused. And he had a dream, something that he held on to. And you know, when you have a dream, that keeps you going forward. That's what it does. What about, um, what about Noah? What was the first thing God gave to Noah? Like he, gave him, he gave him the instructions of the boat. Do you know what that was for? To allow him to start to think. To allow him to start to dream. He had before him, before him God gave him the instruction. He had the ability then to form that picture in his mind and then carry it out. Samuel, you'll know it being a, being a, a builder. You, you go and you, you, you dream about the plans. You see the house before it ever goes up. You actually walk through that thing in your mind. You know where it goes. You know where the switches go. You know where you want the rooms, where you want the doors to get the maximum um, usage out of, out of the house. You, you dream it. You have to think it. You have to see it first before you ever see it. Do you know what? That's a God-given principle. Amen. And so that's what I want to try and get into over the next couple of weeks. But I'm really going to look at hope just tonight. And really what hope is, hope is, hope is a positive uh, imagination. That's what it is. Hope is a positive use of your imagination. And when you look in the Bible, when God give, talks about our imagination being used correctly, do you know the term that he uses for us is hope. And so, I, I tell you, sometimes people say, don't get your hopes up. God will always tell you to get your hopes up. God will tell you, get your hopes up as high as you can. Amen. Not in your strength. And I'll show you how to allow God to actually start to form this on the inside of us. Because really, we don't want to be hoping and dreaming apart from him. I don't want my dreams. I want his. Yeah. I don't want mine. I want his. His dreams work. And I'm not trying to dream apart from God. I'm not going and humming in a cave. And I'm not sitting, you know, in a, a, you know, doing meditation, you know, as in the world's way of doing meditation. I'm not doing anything like that. That's not what I do. But I'll tell you what I do do. I go and saturate myself in God's word. I go and spend time with God. And allow him to start molding and shaping me. So that I can see who he has made me. And before you ever become who God has made you on the outside, you need to first of all see it on the inside. You have to allow it to be formed. Amen? You have to allow it to be formed. So praise God. That's where we're going to go in the next couple of weeks. And look at several things. And we'll see the power of this. Um, let me just look at, at a scripture here just to start tonight. <coughs> Amen. Over here in First Corinthians and uh, chapter 13 and verse 13 it says here now abides faith hope and charity or love these three these three but the greatest of these is what love okay charity god's kind of love this is agape love god's love 
This is the greatest. But really, the way this is laid out, this is laid out like, you know, um, you, like the three across the line in a race, okay? Out of, out of all of the great things and the things of God, here's the three across the line, okay? And, and you can put it this way, in third place is faith. How many put a high emphasis on faith? Yeah? Faith, uh, faith is, uh, you should put a high quality on it because without faith it's impossible to please God. Amen? Without it. So, it's, it's, it's high. It's on the podium. Okay? But it's in a third place. What's number two? Hope. And sometimes people don't give hope this much importance. But you know, hope is really important. And then top is, well, love. God's kind of love. But you know what you have? You've got God's kind of love. And then underneath that, what do you have? You have hope. And then underneath that you have faith. Amen? And, and faith, uh, hope comes before faith. And he, here's why. Let me just look over here for a second as well. Hebrews chapter 11. Look, look in verse 1. We've looked at this um, a few, few months ago. We were looking at this. But it said here, now faith is the substance of things what? Hope for. You see, here's why hope comes first before faith. It's because if you don't have a hope... Faith has nothing to do. Faith has nothing to bring to pass. If you don't have a hope, you, you, what, what can faith bring to pass if you don't have a hope? Hope is your dream. So if you don't have a hope, you have nothing to bring to pass. It's just like for, for Samuel going building, he has to have a blueprint first. He has to have an architect's drawn first. The drawn is the hope of what can be. It doesn't have any material, but without it, there's nothing to build. And you have to spend time putting down on paper first your ideas and all of those kind of things and forming a picture. And then when a picture is formed, then you have something to bring to pass, something to put bricks to, something to put mortar to, something to put um, wood to, and all of those kind of things. Yeah, you have to have the picture first before you can put the materials to it. Well, and that's the same way. You have to have a dream first before faith can bring it to pass. And many times we want to major on faith, which is okay. It's good. There's nothing wrong with that. We need to be in faith. But I'll tell you what we need to do. We need to allow um, hope to be formed in us first so that we have something to come to pass in our lives. We have to have a dream. Let me put it this way as well. You're not their scale if you have love at the top. You have hope and then you have faith. I can tell you now, you're not going to have a hope without a revelation of God's love for you. You just think about that. You, don't, you take away God's love. If you think God's angry at you, if you think God is against you and you don't understand his love that his heart is for you, if you don't understand the grace of God and the goodness of God, if you don't understand those things, I tell you, it's not going to build your hope up. So love stimulates hope. And what does hope do? Hope causes your faith to kick in. You have to have hope. Amen? You have to have hope. You know what hope is? Hope is like your target. Hope sets the bar. That's what it does. I heard, I heard a great story of, um, I heard um, Charles Capps gives this story over the years of, there was this man that lived in the woods and he came to a meeting. 
And when he came into the meeting, um, it was, you know, the way like in America in certain places is absolutely roasting. And then, you know, you want the cooler to kick on. So he came in, the place was roasting, and he watched um, one of, the, one of the, the helpers in the service go over to the wall. And what he went over was he went to the thermostat. And what he did was he set the thermostat to a, to a certain temperature. And the next thing all he heard was, you know, things powering up and cool air coming in. The next thing he realized, there's cool air blowing in here. And he wanted to find out what that wee thing on the wall was. That you could, you could go over and turn it to a certain number and cool air would blow in. So he went up to the guy after the service. He says, what is that thing on the wall? Or your guy says, well, that's a thermostat. And he says, can I get one of those? He says, yeah, you can get them anywhere. You just go to any hardware shop and he's, he says, and you can pick yourself up a thermostat. He says, that's amazing. So it is a thermostat. So on the way home, he went and he picked up a thermostat on the way home. And he went and he took it to his, 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 his wooden cabin. And he, he stuck it on the wall. And when it got hot, he turned it to the temperature and nothing happened. And so he went back and he asked the guy, he says, there's something wrong with my thermostat. He says, I, he says, I was at a place and they had a thermostat on the wall. He says, and they went over and they turned the thing. And you know what? And blew, a cold air blew in. And your man said to him, do you have the system? And he says, what system? He didn't realize that you needed to have the cooling system in the house. He thought he could just go over and get a thermostat, stick it on the wall and turn it. And um, the cold air would blow in. But you know what? It, it, it didn't just blow in. He had to have the system there as well. But you know, without the system, you, without the thermostat, you can have... How many of you know we, we operate more in heat because we live in more a cold climate? But how many of you know you can go and put the thermostat on in your wall and your heat won't kick in and if you don't have one? Okay? You have to have a system first. Okay? But if you have a system and you don't put the thermostat on, nothing's going to happen. In other words, you can have the ability, but if you don't set the temperature, that heat can, or that machine can't put it to the right temperature and, and blow out the hot air or heat our radiators that we would do. Okay? But you know the thermostat doesn't produce the heat? But you know what it does? It sets the target for it. And that's what hope does. Hope has no power in it, okay, in and of itself. Faith has the power. But hope will set the temperature. Hope will set the bar in your life to what you can achieve. And if your hope is low, that's all you can achieve. It doesn't matter how much faith you have. We talked the other, the other week about we have the faith of God on the inside of us. But if your mind has a bad image in it, it doesn't matter how much faith you have in your heart. You're not going to accomplish very much. That's why you find people who, who have a lot of ability on the inside, but they have a bad picture in their mind. And if you have a bad picture of your life, then that's what all you can accomplish. Amen? As a man thinks, so is he. We're becoming our thoughts. That's why we need to allow the image of who we are in Christ to be formed in us. That's why we need to see who we are in him. You'll never rule and reign in life if you think you're an old, unworthy sinner saved by grace. You were an old, unworthy sinner. You got saved by grace. And now what are we? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have to allow a righteous conscience to be developed, our consciousness to be developed in us. Amen? But what I'm saying here is, faith brings to pass your hope. It brings to pass your hope. 
You have to have a hope. And um, a lot of people are trying to achieve in life. Just going, I'm going to achieve without actually allowing the Word of God, first of all, to paint a picture in their imagination to where they see themselves. Do you know, do you know before you achieve anything, you have to first of all see it. Amen? You have to see it first. You have to see it on the inside. It has to be formed on the inside first. Amen? So, I'm just going to look at a couple of things here just with hope and the principles of hope tonight. Okay? Well, well I'm going to look at other things as I go along. And I'll, I'll make this more practical as I go along. But I think tonight I need to just show the principles of it. And what hope actually is. Let me say this here. There's two types of hope. Okay? There's natural hope. To where what we would have, that's where I send her to start a hoping and a praying. So there's natural hope. Natural hope always has doubt in it. Okay? Always has doubt in it. You know, people say, I hope it's going to be a great summer. Are we expecting a great summer really here? We'll make it a few days, but you know, we're not going to have Spanish weather. Okay? It's not going to happen. You know, we, we can say, I'm hoping. We can watch the weather forecast, okay? And see that, you know what, there's, that there's an 80% chance that it's going to rain tomorrow. And we say, I hope it doesn't rain. But we're really, we're not, there's no real expectancy in it. Do you know why? Because we know the forecast. And I know they get it wrong a lot of times. But you know what, a lot of times they get it right. And if it says an 80% chance that it's going to rain. When we say, I hope... That the sun's going to be out tomorrow. Really, it's really wishful thinking. Okay? And that's why hope got a bad word. Because people thought hope was just, it wasn't faith. You understand? When I say I hope so. Well, I'm not really believing then. That's natural hope. That's natural hope. And you know what? If all there was was natural hope, I'd still operate in that. Because it's better than being miserable. Okay? But there's a higher hope than that, and that's Bible hope. You know what Bible hope is? Earnest expectation of good. That's what Bible hope is. You see, Bible hope has expectancy in it. Here's, here's, here's um, um, what it means, um, Bible hope. Here's what it means, an earnest expectation. It means favorable and confident expectation. Amen. Hope is a cherished desire for something with full expectation of obtaining it. To look forward to with confidence and anticipation. That's Bible hope. So when we say I'm hoping, it, there's expectancy to it. Okay? And I tell you, you have to first of all hope before you believe. Hope comes first. You always have to hope. Get your hopes up. Amen. Let me just read that again. Hope is a cherished desire for something with full ex expectations of obtaining it. To look forward to with full confidence and anticipation. Amen. Hope is your positive use of your imagination. That's what it is. Hope is your positive use of your imagination. I mean, you know there's a lot of people have a negative image. Hope gives you a positive image. Amen? Hope is your dream. It's your target. It's your blueprint. 
It's what you are aiming for. Here's something else about hope, and I'll get into this next week. Hope is, you have hope, you have this creative ability on the inside of you. You called your imagination. And your imagination is like in 3D high definition. How many know you can think in your mind? Right, oh, well, we know, how many have had a real vivid dream? And how real did that? Yeah, have any ever woke up and then been glad it was a dream? But you know, it was so real. And you know all that was? Your mind. That's, that's how, how, how powerful your mind is. That you can actually, in your sleep, you can go into a, a world where you see in colour, where you hear crystal clear. It's digital. digital. You know, you, you see and you know uh, clearly all of these colours and sounds. You can, you can be in a dream and wake up and you can, you know, you can be sweating because you were fighting or you were running or, you know, because you, you really, you're entering into it in your mind. You can, you can be moving about in your body, twisting and turning. And all it is is your mind. That's, that, God has given you that ability. How many of you daydream? How many of you, when, when you were a child, you really daydreamed? Yeah? Teacher could throw the chalk at you. Hint you because you were sitting there dreaming away. You were doing things in your mind. Do you know why? Because you have that ability on the inside of you to dream. That's your hope. And that's what it is. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, actually, I sat, I sat in, in, in bed a couple of weeks ago. And I started to think about when I was a child. Okay? I said, I'm believing God's renewing my youth. Amen. Amen. So I started, I, started, I started thinking about when I was a child. And I said, God, God, start bringing back memories to me. Start bringing back memories to me whenever I was younger. Good memories. And, um, and I'm believing for this. Okay? I'm believing that God's renewing my youth. Amen. So I'm laying in bed and I'm, I'm starting to think about, you know, um, I'm just starting to think about growing up in places where I would go. And you know what? I lay in bed. And I went through the whole area where I grew up in my mind. And I was walking up streets in my mind and turning corners in my mind. And I knew where the hole in the hedge was and I knew where all of these things were. And many, many of you know that? Do you know what that is? That's your mind. Do you know you can't do anything apart from your mind? Do you know you plan everything? You know, if, you, if, you, if your mind wasn't working right, you wouldn't even know who you were leaving here tonight and you wouldn't know where to go. You'd just be standing out there not knowing who you are, not knowing where to go. But you know why you can make it home? Because you know how to go there in your mind first. You know where to turn. And you know, if somebody came and asked you for, for directions, if somebody came in here tonight and said, how do you get from here to Belfast? I can guarantee you, you'd be able to tell them without leaving this room. But you know how you would do it? You go through your mind. And in your mind, you're going down that street. And you say, when you get down there, you turn to the left. And you'll be able to direct somebody right from here onto the motorway and to Belfast. Without leaving here. But you know how you do that? With your, you have something in your mind. And you're transferring that to somebody else's mind. And you know how you're doing it? Through words. Hmm? That's how you're doing it. Because this is how our mind works. That's why I'll show your mind has a lot to do with your, or your, your imagination has a lot to do with words. And he says here, words paint pictures. You think in, thought, you think in pictures. Okay? 
You think in pictures. That's why if I, if I was to say um, um, tonight, um, dog, what do you think of? You don't think of D-O-G. What do you think of? A dog. In your mind, you can start picturing a dog. David, you're probably thinking of a husky. Yeah? I say a dog. See, you don't think D-O-G. What do you think? You think, you think an image. Because this is the way God made us. That's why when you go to school, do you know whenever they put up, up, up stuff in primary school, in nursery and, and pri primary one and stuff like that, and they put up pictures around the wall, they'll put up, they'll put up, um, like, they'll put up A and they'll put an apple beside it. Because they know we think in pictures. So when you say something, you get a, a picture of it. Okay? You get a picture. And the more words you add, the more you can refine the image. So if I was to say, think of a dog, and then I was to say, think of a big black dog. Now, you, you, if you were thinking of a small dog, now you'll start to think of a, a black dog. And I was to say, think of a mean dog. And you know what, after a while, you can start forming a picture of that dog in your mind. And you haven't went anywhere, and you can't see a dog, but you can see one. Do you know what that is? That's your imagination being used. And you know what? When we were kids, many used your imagination a lot. Do you know There's videos up there on YouTube where you'll see a kid's mind. What, it, what it's like for a child. You know, if a child is in the house and no way they're maybe running and jumping on the settee or whatever. And they're thinking they're on a boat. And what's going on in their mind. And they can see parrots and everything coming and they're on the settee. And you know what they're doing? They're just visualizing in their mind mind and they can do it so easy I, mean, I was going to ask this at the end of the night let me just, let me just ask, uh, uh, throw this out now I'm not going to ask it but I'm going to ask you to think about it during the week if I was to ask you to draw a picture of your life what would it look like if I was to ask you to draw a picture of your future what would it look like not just write it draw a picture of it I'm not saying brilliant like I'm not saying like a great masterpiece like that we're going to sell. <laughs> okay? I'm just saying, if I was to ask you to draw a picture of what you see yourself doing in the future, what would it look like? But you know what? If you don't like the picture, maybe you need to change the image. Amen? Amen. I was saying this here, words produce pictures. Okay? Pictures start to form your imagination. Well, your images that you have on the inside all goes back to words. That's why it's important the words you listen to. That's why teaching is so important. The right teaching. Jesus-based teaching. Teaching on the grace of God. Not teaching on an angry God. You have an image of an angry God. You're, you're not going to have a positive expectation of good. You're not going to trust that God has a good future for you. It all goes back to that love, love first. If you understand God's love for you, it's going to cause you to have a proper image of God and a proper image of your future in God. Okay? So, words produce pictures. Pictures form imaginations. Okay? And you know what? When you, when you have an imagination, what happens is when you see it, do you know what happens? Do you see when you see something on the inside, do you know what kicks in? Desire. 
That's when the juices start running. You understand what I mean by that? You start desiring, you start dreaming about something, and you know what? The next thing you, you can really see yourself. How many have ever dreamt about going on holidays? Let me put that simple. And what do you do? You go to the travel agents, and what do you do? You get a brochure. And know what you're doing? You're looking at that brochure and you're reading about it. And you know what it's doing? It's forming a picture on the inside of you. And you know what? When you're looking at that, you can start seeing yourself on the beach. And you start seeing yourself lying on the beach. And you know what happens? Desires start coming. And you start seeing yourself there. And you know what kicks in after desire? You will to do it. And you know when you will to do it, you know we end up in the travel agents booking it. But you know where it all started from? Words. Producing thoughts. Producing pictures, kicking into your desire, you start to desire it, and then what happens? You end up choosing it. And you start saying, I'm going to hold this. And then you put arms and legs to it, and you know what? Next thing you're standing in the travel agent saying, I want to book you a holiday to wherever. But you know what? You just don't go in there and just say, I'm going to want to book a holiday wherever. You, you actually think about it first. And you start desiring it. And the next thing you're there. Amen? Amen? That's how it works. Amen? That's how it works. I'm going to be taking this a lot slower than what I was thinking. But we'll do it again next week. But um, I need to show this, this verse here. Um, just to show you what hope, a couple of things here. Hope, look. Here's hope. Hope is always future tense. Okay? That's something to learn about hope. Hope is future tense. Look what it says here. For we know that the whole of creation groans and travails in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. When we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wait or to know the redemption of our body. It's talking about the redemption of our body here, okay? May you know someday you're going to have a glorified body. Hallelujah. Once you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you have a body one day that's never going to hurt again. There's never going to be pain in it. Never sickness. It can't be broken. Can't be. It can't die. That's something to look forward to. And you know what the Bible calls that? Our hope. It's part of our hope. Okay? You can be, if, you, if you're not feeling well in your body or, you know, when your body's not working the way it's meant to, thank God there's healing this side as well. But before we go there, even if you didn't get healed, even if you don't get healed, you still have the hope of someday I'm going to have a body that doesn't break. And that's what keeps a lot of people going. There's a lot of people that are in terrible situations in their body. And you know what keeps them going? They have in their mind that someday I'm going to have a glorified body. And you know what it does? It gets them up in the morning and keeps them happy and keeps them rejoicing. And they can sing the songs of praise and knowing that one day I'm going to be in heaven. And I'm going to be in a body that does not break. Amen. But you know what? Even this side, you need to get a picture when you have the Word of God and you know the Word of God. Do you know what? You need to start seeing yourself well. This side of the cross as well. Amen. Do you know what? If you're sick, you need to stop seeing yourself sick and start seeing yourself well. Amen. You have to see yourself well. I, you know, um, there's a girl, uh, my brother used to go where she was in a wheelchair and the doctors told her, you need to start getting an image on the inside of you of seeing yourself in the wheelchair. And she said, no, I see myself running. And she came walking in to the, the medical um, ward on the Monday, walking, I don't know why she was pushing her wheelchair, but she, she came into the, the ward walking. 
Do you know why? Because she didn't see herself that way. She started to see herself out of it. And her faith kicked in. She set the thermostat on the wall to healing. She set the thermostat on the wall to walking in. And she walked in. She gave her faith something to do. Amen? But you see, if she wouldn't have seen it, she wouldn't have walked in. Praise God. Amen? God's good. Look what it says here in verse 24. It says, For we are saved by hope. It's talking about our body here. But hope, look at this, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience, what? Wait for it. Do what it's talking about here. It's saying, it's saying hope is in the future. And you know what? If you can see it, it's not a hope anymore. Do you know there was a time whenever I was hoping to be married? And I was hoping to marry a beautiful woman. Amen. Glad I set the bar high. Got the woman of my dreams. Amen. But you know what? Before I was married, I had to first of all hope that I was married. I had to start expecting that someday I'm going to be married. I started to expect. I knew, not saying I had a, a perfect image of the person, but I knew what I was looking for. I'll tell you what I wasn't looking for. Somebody perfect because they don't exist. Amen. Amen? But I was looking for someone who had a heart after God. I was looking for someone who had a heart after God. I was looking for someone I could share my dreams with. I was looking for someone who together we could serve God together. And they wouldn't be holding me back and I wouldn't be holding them back. But together we'd be spurring each other on to do great things in God. That's what I had an image of. That's what I was looking for. Amen. And you know what? Because I had to see it first before I'd ever seen it. But there was a time when I was hoping to be married. But I'm not hoping to be married anymore. But there was an important time where I had to hope first. But you know today I don't have to hope anymore. Do you know why? Because now I can see it. But until you can see it with these eyes, you need to be able to see it with the, your mind's eye. You need to see it with your imagination. Amen? Before you can see it. Why do you think Paul said this? Paul said, I cease not. To give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers night and day, that the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ may give unto you the spirit of, of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Get a revelation of who Jesus is and what He's done for you. And then He says this, that the eyes of your what? Understanding might be enlightened. Do you know what he's saying? You need to start seeing what you already have. You need to start seeing what Jesus has done for you. Not with these eyes. First you need to see with the eyes of your understanding. And you'll never experience what God truly has for you in life until you first of all see it with the eyes of your understanding. Do you know what that is? Your imagination. Your hope. Amen? So what's it, what's it saying here? It's saying hope is in the future. Faith is in the now. Hope is in the future. Hope is future tense. And it's not tangible. But you have to have it in place. Amen? You have to dream. You have to be a dreamer. Amen? I was talking this message here about dreaming big. And I'm, I'm, I'm just touching on a couple of things here at the minute. I wanted to get into an awful few things, but... Praise God. We'll do that over the next couple of weeks. And I'll share one more scripture and we'll close. Look what it says here in Thessalonians. 
1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 5. Again, hope is in the future. Here's where it's showing here. Hope is of the mind. Faith is of the heart. Hope is of the mind. But you need both. Amen? Let me just look down there in verse 8. It says, But let us who are of the dead be sober, putting on the breastplate of... What? Faith. Where does a breastplate cover? Your heart. Okay? It covers your heart. Okay? Faith is of the heart. Okay? And then it says, And for a helmet... What? The hope of salvation. Okay? It talks about that in the armor of God as well. Okay? But what it's saying here is, uh, um, the hope of salvation. A helmet for the hope of salvation. Where does a helmet go? On your head. A helmet is there to protect your mind. It's to protect your hope. In other words, faith is of the heart. Hope is of the, the mind. But you know what you need? You need your armor. You need your armor on. You need your helmet on. Do you know what, you know what the helmet's for? To protect your thoughts. To protect your imagination. Let me say this here. A, a helmet doesn't stop arrows from coming at you. But it stops them from penetrating. Okay? You have to protect the image yeah. of who you are in Christ. When you get a revelation from Scripture, keep your helmet on. Amen. I don't care the devil comes and lies to you. You keep your helmet on. That's, that's your deliverance. That's going to set you free. You win or lose between your ears. Amen? That's where you win or lose. Based on this image. I don't care what lies come. I don't care what attacks come. Do not change the picture that God gives you on your mind. See yourself more than a conqueror. See yourself an overcomer. See yourself in Christ. See yourself loved. See yourself accepted. See yourself prospered. See yourself healed. See yourself running. See yourself jumping. Amen? See yourself living in the house that you desire. See yourself advancing in business. See yourself there. You have to see it first. Let God paint that picture on the inside of you. And I'm saying, it's not everybody's picture is going to be different because you have an individual call upon your life. And you need to know there are some people running around with a picture on the mission field, but they'll never be on the mission field until they first of all see themselves there. Amen? Some people need to be in business. Some people need to do, do, do well in the arts. Some people need to do well in music. Some people need to do well in ministry. Some people need to do well as, as a housewife. They need to see themselves doing it. Amen? So you have to see it first. And sometimes people think when you talk about imagination that that's kids stuff. No, this is, this is just stuff for life. Amen? Amen? Think about that what I said. I'm going to take this up again next week. But think about that what I said. If you were to draw a picture of your future, what does it look like from your viewpoint right now? And if you don't like the picture, maybe we need to think about changing it. Amen? Amen. So let, let me say this here, and uh, just as we close. I was always a dreamer. And I went through years where I didn't dream a lot for myself. But you know what? I'm getting back to dreaming for what God has for me. Amen? 
Sometimes when you go through difficult situations, like I went through, you know what I went through, and you know what my dream was there, my, my hope was, my hope was to get out the other side. I was just seeing myself getting out the other side. But you know where I'm at now? I want to start dreaming and see me doing what God has for my life. You know, I can remember going to conference. I've always had a desire to preach, and I know I'm going to preach in conferences. Okay? That's just, I know that. But I haven't visualized it for a long time. I'll know it. I'll even pray it. Okay? But there's a difference between knowing it and praying it and actually sitting down and then starting to see myself actually doing what God's called me to do. That's different. Amen? You can know the scriptures, but do you see yourself actually living those out? Or is it just quoting them? Do you actually take time to meditate and think and dream? And I know this is something God's been dealing with me for a while. To actually take time out and go and just sit and dream. Dream with him, not apart from him. I used to go to conferences and when the conference was over, do you know what I used to do? Run up to the front and stand at the front just so that I could picture what it was like. There wasn't arrogance or anything like that. I just wanted to get a visual of what it was like to stand and minister like that. Amen. So, so you have to see yourself doing whatever it is. You, maybe you need to go and research some stuff and start seeing yourself doing what God has put in your heart. I can't tell you what God's put in your heart. But there's a difference between just praying it and there's a difference between knowing the scriptures on it and then actually sitting and visualizing that happening in your life. And I can tell you anybody that's achieved anything in life has first of all went there in their mind and pictured themselves doing it before they ever done it.